Hey there, party people. Did you know that Encounter Party is now an official Dungeons & Dragons television show? You can find our second campaign on the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures channel, available now on Plex and Freebie. We have new episodes every Tuesday night at 9pm, and the show is available on demand next day on Plex. For links and to learn more, head on over to our website at EncounterParty.com. Now, please enjoy this episode of Campaign 1 of Encounter Party. Warning, this episode features very strong language and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first ever recorded episode of Encounter Party, an audio adventure governed by the rules of Dungeons & Dragons. My name is Brian David Judkins, and I will be your host through this harrowing journey. With me are five professional actors and comedians from across the country who are going to help me spin this tale. But before we get started, first, I'd like to welcome you to the world of Ravnica. Originally conceived by the card game Magic the Gathering, Ravnica is a realm comprised entirely of a massive cityscape. Vying for power are ten very distinct guilds, each controlling different aspects of Ravnican life. The balance of power is kept in check by an enchantment known as the Guild Pact, a magical treaty that protects the people of Ravnica from all-out guild war. The end of every year is punctuated by a two-day festival known as the Celebration of the Guild Pact, where the people of Ravnica give thanks for their continued peacetime by partying their brains out. We begin our story the day before the festival begins, in the 3rd District, 34th Precinct, Theaters Row. Day workers labor non-stop to prepare the streets for the festival, and all of Ravnica is decorated from roof to gully in streamers, tents, and canopies. While each guild is represented, Theatre Row leans more towards the Orzov Banks and the nihilistic Rakdos cult. Their red and black decorations barely cover the char of whatever recent explosive Rakdos performance the Orzov patrons haven't paid to replace. By tradition, our story begins at a tavern. But not just any tavern, this massive two-story alehouse is known as The Legend, or else it was until a giant cracked his head on the sign, splitting it in two. Now simply known as The Leg End, it's become a favorite watering hole for the Boros Legion, the military guild of Ravnica. Now, without further ado, let's get this party started. Alright, welcome everyone to the first episode of Encounter Party as we begin campaign number one. To my players, you find yourselves in the Leg End, a prominent watering hole on the corner of one of the streets in Theaters Row. Now, the actual building itself, the main uh, drinking area, is two stories tall with a half catwalk leading up to uh, rooms where you can stay up at the top. Um, The room itself is supported by pillars offering an unexpected amount of privacy as you guys sit around your own unique tables, uh, sipping on your afternoon beverages. The owner of the bar is a man named Dodgy, who is nicknamed so on account of a bum leg that prevented him from entering into the Boros Legion. 
However, his uh, affinity for the guild has made the Legend a pretty safe place for the military to drink, so not a lot of problems happen in here, and he likes it that way. The Legend is a no-weapons-allowed kind of joint, uh, as advertised by a big red sign over the door that says, No Weapons Allowed. <laughs> and Dodgy uh, notified you guys on your way in that there is a magical barrier over the entirety of the Legend in which all martial weapons or any item at all that is intended to harm another living thing is seized by the wall like a magical magnet. And so all of you are sitting uh, comfortably sipping your brews. However, all of your martial weapons are currently adhered to the front wall. As Dodgy busies himself cleaning a few glasses, he looks out across his establishment and notices a handful of people for what we will call happy hour. Uh, now, would you please inform the audience what Dodgy happens to see by introducing your character and describing them in as much detail as you can. First up, from the Golgari Swarm, we have Mr. Andrew Krug, who will be playing our elf druid. Sitting at the table against the wall, watching the front door, is Lozach Rotspeaker, a Devkarin elf of the Golgari Swarm, with the pale coloration and rough complexion of a people long used to laboring underground. His dark brown hair is matted, coiled into thick natural locks, pulled back from his face and tied with leather cords strung with beads of bone and scavenged glass, framed and pinned by a latticework of bones. He wears robes of scavenged hide, an elaborate mantle of specially cultivated fungus forming a scalloped crust across his neck and shoulders. Beneath his coat of office, he wears armor crafted from the cast-off moltings of Goliaths and Kroll. His alabaster visage is colored by discreet pockets of chromatophers, their otherworldly colors complementing and marring alike the shifting mood-mark enchantments that frame his likeness. His eyes have a constant look of appraisal, cautious, appreciative, and often amused. From the Azorius Senate, Mr. Eddie Cooper, who will be playing a human cleric, Lennox Brightburn, the Azorius human cleric, stands tall at six foot three. He has dark black skin and long, pristine dreadlocks, some of which are adorned with copper rings and blue and white beads. His most recognizable feature is the lack of pigment going down the side of his left face, starting at his hairline and ending just past his cheek. He wears heavy armor, painted blue and white, and wields a shield and a mace. In the center of his shield is the symbol of his guild. From the Selesnia Conclave, Mr. Ned Donovan, playing a human fighter. At the bar, hunched over is Brevin Ravel, a Selesnian fighter of some renown who stands apart from a crowd. His tanned skin is covered completely with vine tattoos of a green so vivid you would call it luminescent if it actually glowed. As the vines creep around up and over his neck and his skull, they come down his face and to his eyes where you find two unnatural green of the exact same hue. Wearing chainmail armor, designed more for mobility than it is for defense. He sits with his drink, peering around the bar, taking in everything, saying nothing, judging all. Now, from the Boros Legion herself, let me introduce Sarah Babe, who will be playing our war drummer. 
In the corner of the tavern, sitting at a table, looking like she's been there many times before, is Fakara Ordrun. Fakara is a minotaur of the Boros Legion. She wears her legionnaire armor with pride over her chestnut-colored skin. Her light blonde hair is styled in an impressive mohawk. Her maces and drum hang from her hips and only add to the pristine look of her armor. She has that certain shine to her eyes that lets you know she hasn't been in the Boros Legion for very long. And lastly, our sorcerer, Landry Fleming, playing one of the new races from Ravnica, the Vidalkin. Alone at a table near the leg end store, chosen for no particular reason, you see Xenia the Vidalkin of the Izzet Guild. Six foot tall, lean and lithe, young for a Vidalkin at 41, with azure skin and violet eyes, she'd cut an imposing figure if she wasn't repeatedly rubbing her palms on her pants, attempting to generate static electricity. Absent-mindedly, she sips a glass of tepid water, and if one passed closely enough to her table, one might overhear her muttering incoherently about conductive metals and the next predicted storm. So, as you sit there nursing your drinks, the front door to the leg end opens rather noisily, and you see a haggard man shuffle in, nervously cloaking himself, not expecting this many eyes to be upon him as he saunters into what he was probably hoping was an empty bar. What you can make out from under the cloak is that this is a very disheveled, unshaven man who walks in very nervously, trying to keep eyes on everyone without making direct eye contact. And he shuffles in, sort of sauntering up to the bar like a mangy dog. He's going to squeeze up to the bar here on this stool in between Brevin and Lennox. Uh, Fakara, from where you're seated in the corner, you can easily see what's going on. Um, As for the other two, unfortunately, um, their backs are to you, so you won't be able to see. However, you will be able to hear Dodgy's half of the conversation that he immediately begins having with the bartender. However, what the vagabond is saying is a little bit too under the breath for anyone to hear besides Lennox and Brevin. Dodgy approaches the man with a casual annoyance and asks, My name's Dodgy. I run the bar. What'll you have? You hear the man say, in a tired voice, Something to drink. I'll take the whole bottle. Food, if you have it. Food ain't on yet. All I got right now is beer and a bit of bread. The mongrel signals that that's fine, and Dodgy casually pours him a mug of ale and produces a stale crust of bread. It's twenty zips for the brew and the day old is on me. The mongrel accepts the meal, and you see him reach into his cloak and produce with his bare hand a perfect steel orb. Let's, all right, let's roll perception, everybody, to see kind of what we see about him. What do we get? 24. 24. 14. 14. 19. 19. 24. 24. Six. Six. Great. I would say, and uh, Andrew, that you can see that he clearly has produced something from under his cloak for the three of you except for landry unfortunately is hanging way back in the bar (laughs) rubbing her legs for static electricity he pulls out something shiny the type of shine that he's actually trying to hide underneath the cloak so it doesn't immediately radiate out into the thing but he presents it to the barkeep he says what is this he says it's valuable just take it oi 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 i only deal in zibs and zenos you pay coin and you don't drink he says this thing's worth in this whole entire place combined it's fine just Take it. I take out coin and I throw a coin on the table. I say, I'll take that off your hands for you. 
He looks at you kind of over the cloak. And one of the things that you can see is the reason why he may be hiding his face is he has like black vein tendrils, like some sort of infection that seem to be crawling up his neck. And he looks at you very angrily and very dirtily and says, this is not for you. Can Lorzach see any of that from where he is? No, what you sense is a barkeep who is not happy with a patron that has sort of disturbed the peace of the tavern. And as you saw the man kind of walk in, you wouldn't be able to see any of that vein, uh, veinage, veiniture, the veins. <laughs> um, but you would at least have the uneasy sense as everyone kind of walked in that this is a man who has been on the road. It is This is not a man of pristine character who just kind of walked in. He sort of like stumbled in and demanded some food. I would yes, like to know. You want to know whether or not you know what it is. At this point, based on your position, you would not be able to see his face. But you would be able to see, a, like, he clearly went in. They're having some sort of conversation. Dodgy is very easy to hear. He is not because he's talking very quietly. And yes. what exactly is it, friend? He says it's none of your business. I believe you made it the business when you brought make, it into the bar. Make a constitution saving throw, please. Oh, come on, constitution. <laughs> And eight, you are severely intimidated. Whatever this is, this is not a casual conversation of like, hey, you look like you're in trouble. Whatever this is, is like above your pay grade. This is not interesting. Ned, you did choose to engage briefly? Yeah. Please go. I believe you made it our business when you brought it to the bar. Now we're here trying to have a great drink and you're bringing your foully dark mood into this space and making us all exceedingly nervous. So I'm gonna need you to get a drink, get some bread, drop a couple zibs, and stop talking about the creepy orb or talk exclusively about the creepy orb. <laughs> so he turns to you yeah. with dagger eyes. He's even less pleased with you than he was with Eddie. Please give me a constitution saving throw. Nat 20. Nat 20. Okay, you're not intimidated by whatever. This is a mangy dog. This is upsetting your day. The next two days are the festival. You're either getting ready for it or trying to get your last day of safety in before the festival, and this just ain't happening. Before this man gets a chance to bark back at you, the front door pushes open violently, and in walks a crowd of street-tough-looking guys. At the head of them is a very, very large man in just about every dimension you can imagine that word. On his face, he wears a massive grin, and he has a mustache that's out way past his cheeks in an absolute straight line. He also has goggles on his face, and he is wearing a half cloak. The other guys look to be not necessarily in uniform, but at least in sort of choreographed dress, as if to make sure that they're all known to be a group traveling together. So like a boy band? <laughs> it's a boy band. <laughs> we'll say all black with maybe a red stripe somewhere. It's the theater district. The theater district. Wow. It is the theater district. Oh boy. So the large man up at the front, who is clearly the leader, calls out to the vagabond sitting at the bar. Ah, that is the face of a man who thought he had gotten away from us. No, we were just following you to see where you were going, but this, this is just disappointing. Now, where is it? The vagabond's eyes start darting around for an escape route, and he very flusteredly stalls for time with this, I, I don't have it. And the big man just sort of leans in with this, 
Oh, yes, you do. Mr. Alfonso is not going to be very happy about this. Now, as they kind of take a step in, all of their weapons, obviously the, the swords, the short swords and the daggers that the guys are carrying, all fly from their belts and stick to the wall. And the man kind of looks around and goes, Ah, magic barrier. That must be very expensive. But do not worry, barkeep. This is not a weapon. And he pulls off his half cloak and he has this massive mechanical arm, like about the size of a person. And he simply pushes it out and launches it. And it reaches out and grabs the vagabond like a vice grip and starts dragging it back towards him. Is it still attached to him? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like a grapple arm. Oh, so it's like arm, chain, arm, body. cable. Oh, cable. Body. <gasps> claw. <gasps> that is so big that it can wrap completely around the guy's torso. Can I get perception checks from the two of you at the bar? Passive or actual perception? Um... Do I Passive. recognize that name? Uh, give me an intelligence check. 18. Yes, you know that Mr. Alfonso is a man of incredible wealth, but he is a very studious man who deals in objects. To your knowledge, he has no bad relationship with the law. He's not like a criminal in any regard. But he is a man who deals in things of a scholarly nature and is incredibly wealthy. My passive perception's 14. Your passive perception's of 14. 13. Um, at the moment, you are completely distracted by so, this man. Not yet. Can I we? stand up yeah. and yep. turn around and say, I'm sure Mr. Alfonso would not be so pleased with you coming in here and causing such a ruckus in his name. And I believe that that was really aggressive, but this is not a place you fight. <laughs> and he and kind I show of, him my badge. He kind of looks at you and he goes, Oh, fantastic. Azorius Law Dogs. I am no Azorius. Boys, why don't we help these folks forget we were even here? Let's roll initiative. No. All right, you've got some goons who look like they're rustled up for a bar fight. Um, they are five in number, conveniently one per player. Lorzat, as you are seated closest to the door, you are the easiest target for them to assault, so one is going to come straight to you. Uh, Lorzach takes one last sip of his wine and sets it back down on the table, flexing his open hand as his skin seems to grow thick, calloused, and leathery as these growths emerge from his knuckles over his fingers and turn into wicked, sharp claws. Gross. As he approaches the nearest goon. Okay. What? <laughs> That's his natural 20. And Lorzach will roll 19 acid damage. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I'm just gonna walk out the back door because this guy's in. got it. Okay, so <laughs> these guys were just looking to intimidate you a little bit, right? To keep you from talking about what you saw here today. And out of nowhere, uh, this undercity-dwelling Devkarin elf just stands up from his table, and you just sear the absolute face off of this guy with a lethal acidic hand. Well, that takes care of that guy. Um, Lennox, my Azorius cleric, 
you just heard a man scream and get murdered at the front door. So Lennox looks at the elf and says, I appreciate your intent, but please do not kill people in the tavern. And he walks over. <laughs> so cordial. <laughs> <laughs> please don't murder. And he casts Spare the Dying on the goon on the floor. So, thankfully, the goon is no longer murdered. He is alive, but he is unconscious and is therefore removed from combat. Um, For those of you at home, there is no official goon within the D&D Monster Manual. We are simply using it as a derogatory term. Uh, We are using bandit stats, but for the sake of storytelling, they are now called goons. If Lennox says you're a goon, you're a goon. The law (laughs) says you are a goon. Um, Ficar? Yes. Okay. Um, Some people are messing up your favorite watering yeah, you, hole. Uh, not in my tavern. Well, Dodgy's ta- not here. <laughs> and I just run at the nearest, uh, the nearest goon. Yeah. And I'm gonna go with my horns right into him. Oh, can you remind me how this works? So you like dash. And yeah. at the end of a dash, you can put down your horns and ram them with your horns because yes. you're a minotaur. Mm-hmm. Love the new class. Yeah, I please, know, right? It's please great. go right ahead. This I'm super fantastic. excited. Hopefully, I, oh, okay. I have no attachment to these creatures I have made, so please kill them. Okay. But don't kill them, no. Oh, 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 and it's our first natural one of the campaign. <laughs> um, would you please make a constitution saving throw? Because I don't think you're looking at the line of sight of that tavern. You know, I may have had a few drinks, so uh, it's very possible. That is a constitution, you said, 13. A 13. Okay, I think a 13 is okay enough, but as you put your horn downs and you start running, you're like, oop, I think the beer's taking over, and you sort of waddle, 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 and just run straight on horns first into that big wooden (laughs) pillar support beam. Sarah, I Um, really hope this isn't... Foreshadowing. Oh, no. No, we're good. We'll be fine. You're like, I got him. Right. He's made of wood. Hold on, what? When did that get there, Dodgy? Hey, Xenia, so you look up from your mutterings and realize that there's stuff going on. It's a little bit more exciting than it was 20 seconds ago. Uh, Xenia sets down her glass of tepid water. She really does not want to get involved. And she looks around the tavern and spies the closest goon to her. Oh, there's one, like, coming up you at the table who says, Oh, look at this frail Vidalkin. I'm going to wail on her. Cool. Oh, I just got got the worst side eye from her. You guys didn't see that. (laughs) <laughs> so to reflect Xenia's chilly mood, she's going to cast Chill Touch at the son of a bitch. For 11. Um, 11 will not hit, unfortunately. Xenia sees, Xenia sees that this, uh, this undead hand just kind of flops to the center <laughs> of the table, and she <laughs> tries to cower behind one of her chairs. She's like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Um, uh, Brevin. Okay, so, uh, 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 all right. Question. Okay. It's when an object becomes a weapon that it flies to the wall, correct? The minute that something not, that is not part of your person. Okay. That you make the conscious decision to use as a martial or an improvised weapon. Yeah. The magic barrier on Dodgy's Tavern immediately sucks that up and sort of magnetizes it to the wall so people can't stab and dome each other while they're drinking. And as a first-time attendee of the leg end, yes. would I know that? Um, well... I know the weapons went, but would I know that, like, that's... You know what I'm saying? Uh, 
I'm going to rule that as a character choice, okay? It's your first time in the leg end. Obviously, if you pull out a dagger, it's gonna get sucked to the wall, but as far as a loaf of bread, who knows? So here's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Brevin turns, looking yeah. at this room, having just seen someone die, having just seen like a hand come out, having seen a minotaur run into a pillar. Can we and not they, talk about that? And try and look straight at the nearest goon on the far side of that table yeah. and hurl his mug of beer as hard as he can at the, at the offender. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so as you crank this tankard back to hurl it at the guy, you feel an insane amount of resistance as you realize, oh, just the intent of me using this as a weapon to harm somebody is enough to trigger the magic barrier. So the mug goes ripping out of your hand up to the no weapons allowed wall, and you realize, oh, it's a bit more of a looser interpretation than I realized. However, I will say you haven't actually done anything yet, so you still have an action if you want to use it. So then I say, no matter, and I run right over, jumping off that uh, bench and clearing the table to tackle the goon on the far side. Uh, let's make an acrobatics check here for that. Great, great, um, great, 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 But that's great. the guy I was gonna attack. Well, you're currently occupied by the pillar. A 19? A 19, oh. very good. Yeah, easily. It's a bench and a table, step, step. Let's make an attack. Oh, right? I have to attack, that's, that's <laughs> correct. Three? I was going <laughs> to assume by your pause that it did not end well. Um, yeah, I'm going to say you look a bit of a dick as you like, you kind of lose this tankard and then you gear up for like a Randy Savage move off the table and you just, ah, oops, and then just uh, a swift kick that just doesn't go anywhere. So it is now the uh, the goon's uh, move. Um, we'll go in uh, order. Well, Lorzatch, yours is currently on the ground. So <laughs> I don't think you're... Narrowly not deceased. I think you're not getting attacked. I think the one that was sort of targeting Lennox Brightburn might have the compassion to at least say, wow, you healed somebody. I'm not going to attack you. But as for the Undercity Dweller, um, we're going to come in and, and, uh, and throw some fists. Does an 18 hit? Uh, an 18 will hit. An 18 will hit. Um, it's unarmed. You will take two bludgeoning damage. Got it. And you clearly get this. These guys are not intending to kill you. They're just trying to beat you up to the point that you go, I don't know who you are. I didn't see you. Um, Fikara, you're currently <laughs> stabbing a pillar. <laughs> it was looking at me funny. As one, as one, as, a, as the one... There's sort of two by you and, and by Ned, so one is going to swing at you. Um, does a 15 hit? It does not. A 15 does not hit. And as for you, Ned, one's going to try and uppercut you in the uh, split divide as you're standing above him on the table. In his bit of a dick Does area. a 17 hit? It doesn't. A 17 does not hit you? I have an 18 armor class. Ooh. Do you have a shield? I do. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Thanks for... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for, yeah. I was like, what do you, you're level two, what do you have? <laughs> oh, shield. So uh, he tries to throw a rather dirty uppercut and your shield just sort of points it down and he punches your shield instead. Ow. Um, That's pretty it's great. It's really painful. Yeah. Xenia, uh, a seven? Nope. Oop, a seven misses. What? So you're, she's sort of like dancing around the table like, <laughs> And then this goon is trying to like get you like, get over here. <laughs> Yeah, at this point, it has now become a kind of game for her. <laughs> uh, top of the order, Lorzatch. There are four remaining. 
Uh, Lorzach will approach the nearest goon mm-hmm. and will strike with his primal savagery. Those same gross, crusty, fungal growths coming out of his fingertips. And will a 15 yeah. hit? Okay. Yeah. They're not wearing anything. For one point of acid damage. Yay. Okay, so you like... <laughs> Lightning does not strike twice. No, but... <laughs> But like you like melted this dude's face, and I can see you just sort of turning to him with this devilish grin and just being like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing." And the guy's like, "Oh god, oh god, no!" And for whatever, you just reach out a single finger and just. <laughs> Did you just nose boop him? Yeah, just, just sort of just sort of boop him on the nose, a little acid. And, ah! <laughs> Lennox. There are two in front of you. One is um, smoking a little bit off the nose. <laughs> Lennox looks over and sees that the seemingly helpless sorceress is being attacked and decides to help her. Yep. Summoning. Your speed's 30. He doesn't need to. Oh. He summons the sacred flame. Oh. This got very real. Didn't you? Didn't you just say don't? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 like not much more powerful than it's it's not gonna kill. Him. Oh great! <laughs> I just imagine Unless this like flame it's gonna, appearing in the building. It's, it's a cancer. Oh okay great. It's 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 gonna make him go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, gosh golly, maybe I, I should made have bad done decisions. That. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done with my life? What have you become? Uh, he has to make a oh, throw. Um, what's the target number? Uh, 14. Is it dex 14? Uh, dexterity? Yes. Okay. Uh, that's a six. That's a seven. So. Like that matter. Like that difference matters. <laughs> that's a six. No, wait. It's a different number that also fits. <laughs> you know, sometimes it matters. It does. Well, sometimes. Three points of radiant damage. So, wait, how does this sacred flame work? Is it just like a shining light, or is it like a is it like a column of flame-like radiance descends from the heavens, enveloping my foe, oh, so causing just, radiant damage. So just this arc of light just comes through wherever and just, like, strikes this dude in the face. At the exact moment that he sort of arcs the edge of the table nearest to you, and it's just this pinpoint precision shot as he's just sort of like, Ugh! <laughs> And I say, cease and desist. And he does. He just kind of, like, sits. He doesn't even make the chair. He just sits like right down on the ground and you kind of catch a glimpse of dodgy like where did that come from just sort of like looking around did you put a hole in his tavern Zenia thanks Lennox and then takes her glass of tepid water and throws it on the goon <laughs> <laughs> um make an attack roll <laughs> well, she was trying to be compassionate but sure <laughs> Oh, yeah, she's, it, um, it would be um, a 10. Yeah, so you just kind of miss with the water, and it just sort of lands on his lap. <laughs> <laughs> and now he looks like he wet himself when, uh, <laughs> as, as the cop was like, stop it. And he's like, yeah. And anyone else who doesn't really ex- understand the exchange oh. just think he pissed himself. Um, <laughs> so we are going to, I guess, shift the initiative around a little bit <laughs> in that particular Figara. As you kind of pull yourself oh. out from the... Hit <laughs> it when that happens. From the pillar and just... All right. Oh. One more time. Not here. Let's go. And I'll... Yeah, so you're sort of ram. doing a dance here with um, uh, Ned's character Brevin over there. We're dancing. We're friends. We're really cute. Yeah, we're yeah. adorable. That's a 
It's a roll. It's an 11. An 11 hits. <gasps> yeah. Hooray. I'm not going to suck at rolling for this whole thing. Uh, that's going to be a oh, da, 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 seven. Okay. <laughs> so you just like pull your horns out and look at this dude and with a big old minotaur fist, just be like, mm, <laughs> right across the face. Brevin. So this guy who I whiffed on earlier, I'm feeling a little awkward about it now. For the flavor and the role play and the bar fight, yes. I'm going to jump off the table and attempt to grapple him by taking hold of the front of his cloak. First, can I get an acrobatics check? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, 17. Great. This is going to be a long campaign. You successfully jump <laughs> off the table. You are, you are in midair. <laughs> Please. And now you're going to try and grapple him? Grab him by the front of the, the, the shirt. Okay, it's gonna be an opposing strength check. Okay, 22. 14. Great. So, you have leapt off the table and you've grabbed him. I am then going to action surge to headbutt him in the face. Uh, <gasps> it's a 17. Yeah. So it just takes four points of damage. Okay, so it is now their turn. Okay. They immediately realize that this was a stupid idea and whoever told them to do this is not their friend anymore. And they <laughs> begin to collect themselves and try and start making their way toward the door. At this point, as they kind of scurry their way out the tavern entrance, you are left with one of them in the hands of Brevin. Dodgy, is all this about that that weird guy with the cloak thing? What's going on? So Dodgy just looks to the five of you and is like, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't even know what this thing is. And he pulls out the orb that had been shoved back there before the fighting begins. And he's holding it in his bare hand. And he says, bloody hell, that's cold! And drops it on the counter as if it's too painful to touch. Ooh, shiny. Uh, it is very shiny. Mm. It is perfect in every application. It is a perfect metal orb. Given the sage background, is this yes. something that I would know from like, is this like an object of lore? No. Okay. You have never seen anything like this before. Copy. So... It is so unsettlingly perfect, I would say. Anyone uh, got some detect magic? Do you have restraints? Yeah. Yes. We have rope. So I restrain him. Right. You would have a simple detainment spell. Yeah. So you you would conjure like a ribbon of runes mm-hmm. that glows in, in blue and white. Mm-hmm. And you, would, you are able to restrain him in whatever way you wish. And... Do I think that I need to use Spare the Dying on him? Is he, like, bleeding out or anything? No, it's non-lethal. He's just knocked out because he got a couple of fists and heads to the fists and head. So I try to slap him awake. Okay. He's... <laughs> that's... Uh, give me a medicine check. <laughs> Wake up. You kill him. It's, it's pretty good. Plus five. So, uh, 18. Yeah, I would say that you managed to get him conscious. Yeah. Did you want to do something? Just examine the orb with whatever skills so the he's orb, established. Could you put the scorns away, though? So the orb- oh, they've they've long since dispersed. Okay. The orb is <laughs> for those at home. Andrew just shook his head horrifyingly. <laughs> the uh, the orb is currently sitting on the bar in front of Dodgy, and he seems very unwilling to touch it again. Um, Sonia yes. is entranced she just sure. she loves the shiny shiny so she is just slowly walking towards it and i'd love to cast detect magic um go ahead okay well it's only an eight the only magic that you know for certain is in this bar is the spell over the doorway that currently holds all of your martial weapons okay. yes sir 
Lorzach rolls an 18 for Arcana. For Arcana, mm. you have no knowledge of this. It is, it seems so strange to have been manufactured in the way that it is. Again, it is so unsettlingly perfect that the question first above everything is, who would even have the capacity to make this? It does have mystical properties to it, but you're probably reading that towards its actual make. So look, gang, I don't know about you all, but this is kind of exciting. And uh, I don't have much else to do today. So I think we should see this through. Now, what the hell is that? What do we do? Well, the one goon that has been subdued is now semi-conscious, at least, to talk. I pick him up. Yes, he is very lucid. And I throw him on this table right here. Oh, Sorry, no. Dodgy. <laughs> Clunk. Why were you sent to acquire this item and what is it? So um, one of the immediate things you notice about this guy is there's ample opportunity for him to swear and cuss all the way up and down this uh, wall. But he seems to be um, incredibly polite even during all this. Oh, geez. Oh, man, this is really... Oh, sugar biscuits, I'm really in it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy, I don't know, like... Look, man, we just do what Gatto tells us, man. We're just the underlings. Oh, jeez, please. Oh, not in the face. Not the, oh, not the acid. Tell that acid freak to get away from me, please. I'm going to bring the acid freak even closer if you don't tell me who Gatto is. Look, man, we're just a security detail. We just work for some wealthy guy. And, and Mr. Gatto says we got to go capture some dude who's a thief and that's it. Would Ooh. that be one Mr. Alfonso? Oh, yeah, man. It's just Mr. Alfonso. It's just Mr. Alfonso, man. Jeez, oh, criminies. Who is Mr. Gatto? Mr. Gatto is the boss man, man. He's the big man, man. The man, man. Like the guy with the mustache? Yeah, man. I Open slap him across oh, the face to calm him down. Oh, gee, Willikers, <laughs> it hurts, mister. Um, Xenia from the corner, uh, she casts minor illusion on, on the guy. It's a nat 20. And uh, she takes on the voice of like a more mature woman kind of kind of trying to sound like his mother. Okay. And it's like, look, you just tell these people any information you know, and it's just whispering in his ears. Okay, so let's pause and talk about minor illusion here <laughs> yeah. for a second. So you are creating an illusion to try and convince him. Yeah, like I want it to be like the voice of his mother that's like, you know what? Because he's close to death. He's had a hard day. She's. What is the? What is your? Um, what is your? What is your magic modifier? Do you use wisdom? No, uh, charisma. Charisma. All right. Let's see how he handles this. Oh, he starts weeping. <laughs> he starts weeping like a baby. You have broken him. Like there is clearly some deep-seated fear of. I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I knew you wanted me to be better, but I couldn't make it in the academy and I'm doing my best. And he's just like, he's just like gone. What is in happening? I'm sorry. So during, during these events, the Boros Legion shows up. So they, there is clearly a ruckus that has been happening. It took them a hot minute to come in, but several Boros Legionnaires come into the door. And they immediately kind of look around and they immediately go over and one of them starts talking to Dodgy to Sir. get an average play. Yeah, they, <laughs> Ficar, they kind of look at you and they're just like, oh no. Huh? 
what Sir. happened. So these are these are probably not your superiors. They're probably okay. just fellow people. You probably know them. They definitely know you. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's like Joe. Yeah. Joe. Joe. J E A U Joe. Joe. Yes. Eight dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> So th there's a couple of them, and we'll say Joe. Joe comes over to you. Right. Joe is a uh, he's a tall human, probably sacrificed some brains for size at one point in okay. his youth. Not quite as large as you, but well, right. a I tough mean... guy. Hey, Joe, how's it going? You tell me. Oh, it's going really well. Um, yeah. Just uh. Zabar brawl. A little bit. Yeah. Not, I mean, not a lot. Not a bad one. You know, no tables were broken. Is this a civilian in custody? Of the Justicars, yes. Okay. They, what do I need to be worried about here, Fakara? Uh, Gato and Mr. Alfonso. Oh boy. Whatever is this presentation is in, the Boros have stepped in it, and they're very clearly like. This has become a paperwork incident. Like, they're like, oh, come on. I, I walk up back to the bar. Yes. And I pick up the orb. You touch the orb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you take eight points of chill damage. Yes. I say, ah, a cursed item. Here is the very difficult thing to understand is you saw the vagabond who had this produce it barehandedly. Dodgy touched it. And now Dodgy and you touched it and it hurt to touch it. So Just skin, skin contact, it hurts to touch it. I take my cloak. Yes. Yeah. Great. And I wrap it around it. You now, in your inventory, possess a perfect steel orb. The one at the bar, who you do not know personally, but you do know is of a higher ranking arm, is a sergeant of some kind, but okay. perhaps one that has kept his distance from you. And he kind of turns around and he goes, Joe, wrap them all up. We're going. If you would all please follow me. It's all right. You'll get your weapons back. Your weapons have been collected off the magic wall and redistributed to you. So you guys do have all of your stuff. However, it does come with a very clear understanding that, like, hey, we aren't going to put you in manacles. We are going to listen to what you have to say, but don't dismiss that option before you get a chance to state your case. And you guys are placed in the center of, of a sort of ring of legionnaires who are going to escort you to the precinct. Dodgy gives a farewell wave to all of the legionnaires still cool with him, and you guys are escorted out onto the main street of Theater Row. And as the day grows long and supper time sets in, you are marched through the row amidst all of the decorations being prepared for tomorrow's festival. The city of Ravnica is poised on the edge of celebration, but you five are not destined for fun, you're destined for punishment as a squad of legionnaires escorts you towards the barracks of the 34th Boros Precinct. This is gonna suck. <laughs> On the next Encounter Party, our story has barely begun and our players already find themselves in hot water. A run-in with the law brings newfound debts, and the festival turns from humor to horror. And just what is that mysterious orb? Find out on the next Encounter Party!
Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media, based on the worlds of Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering, created by Wizards of the Coast. Original campaign written by Brian David Judkins. Sound capture and original effects by Will Malones. Edits and mixing by Ned Donovan. Theme song and additional music by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Megan Judkins and Will Malones. And now, a quick word from one of our sponsors. You know, folks, blank walls can be pretty boring. So why not spruce up your home or office by heading over to ukiyopop.com. They have a collection of traditional Japanese prints inspired by today's comics, games, and movies. The gallery is viewable online for free, and prints are available for purchase. So head over to ukiyopop.com. That's U-K-I-Y-O-P-O-P.com. Tradition in a modern method. And now, back to the party. Attention party people! This is Fakara Ordrun of the Boros Legion here to remind you to do your duty for the encounter party. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, rate, and review. Check out our Twitter and Instagram Join us on our Facebook group to interact with all of our characters. And for news and updates, check out EncounterParty.com.